0: to another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Sally here and I am super excited to be bringing you another guest episode of the podcast. Before I get into that, just a couple of little things I like to touch on each episode uh, just to say thank you more than anything. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for the love and support especially this year, I am just so overwhelmed by how well the podcast is doing and how much it has grown in 2021. I'm very grateful for all your love and support. And I always like to put that out there. I think it's important to acknowledge. So thank you again. You could be listening to the podcast on several different platforms because it is available on multiple platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Podbean, soundcloud and spotify now if you're having any issues searching the podcast or finding new episodes you can also go to my website www.howtolovetheshitoutoflife.com if you chuck on a forward slash podcast on that uh, you'll have all the episodes there listed to you and you can listen to them directly through the website so go nuts get right into it now the latest episode who am i speaking with today Well, it is a man by the name of Sean Prendergast, and he is the owner of the Bilpin Cider Company. Now, Bilpin Cider Company is a pretty well-known brand of cider, particularly here in New South Wales. So the Bilpin Farm is located in the beautiful area of the Blue Mountains here in New South Wales. Uh, I unfortunately couldn't get together with Sean in person, um, he's a very busy man, it's obviously been a very busy time for the business as well but we had a great chat via Zoom uh, earlier and it was really wonderful talking to him about the history of the Bilpin brand, a little bit about the process of creating cider and, and also creating the specific products and services that Bilpin offers. And also a bit about the location. You know, as I said, Bilpin is based in the area of Bilpin, which is in New South Wales in the Blue Mountains area. And that's just, it's such a popular and beautiful region. So we talked a little bit about that and just how his brand and the cider is creating a positive impact uh, in people's lives. So I will stop rambling and let you enjoy the latest episode of How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. I am very excited to be talking all things cider today with Sean Prendergast, who is the founder of the Bilpin Cider Company. So, welcome to the podcast, Sean.
1: Thank you, Shelley, and good morning.
0: Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, we're recording via Zoom for the listeners out there um but yeah you're recording from the lovely bilpin farm i'm hoping that the weather is nice uh, where you are compared to what it has been the last few weeks
1: it's a beautiful morning here a little bit more overcast but we've just finished four glorious days uh, of the easter long weekend and uh, fortunately That went off very, very well for us.
0: Oh, that's wonderful to hear. So I thought to start we could just get a bit of an overview on Bilpin Cider and the company, and maybe you could share a little bit about the company's history.
1: I'd be delighted to. So I founded the company in 2011. Uh, I'd been living in Paddington and I was uh, importing some uh, beer brands from Europe. And I was driving up Bell's line of road and I saw a sign that said uh, Bilpin Land of the Mountain Apple. And I suddenly tweaked, ah, there's, a, there's a, um, a cider opportunity. Mm. And uh, I went out and found that um, I could create the brand Bilpin Cider, which I did within the next uh, three months. Um, I think this was probably May 2011. And I launched it in uh, one variety in September 2011. So we're just coming up to 10 years, which is very exciting.
0: Wow. And that's a quick turnaround as well. You must be a bit of a, a man that just wants to get the ideas happening and get it executed, I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> well, we, we, uh, we had to, at the time, the, uh, probably the key thing was if you're going to launch a cider brand, you've got to be there before summer. Yeah. So the, and it start, the process started by figuring out the branding. And so I uh, briefed out the, uh, the branding uh, opportunity to an outside party. And once that was finished, I, I had something that I could start putting together. And I think today we've got 10 varieties and we've probably got the best branded product range in the cider category in Australia.
0: Fantastic. So for people who don't necessarily drink cider or they don't know much about it, can you give us a little bit about the, the process of creating cider from start to finish?
1: Certainly. One of the great things about cider is the simplicity of it. It's all about the fruit that you use, and, and that's the, certainly the case for us. It. If you think, how do I make wine? That's the same with how do I make cider? Mm-hmm. The process is: you pick the fruit, mm-hmm. you uh, put it in a in a fermenter, you pitch some yeast into it, you let the yeast activate the fermentation process, and the sugar converts uh, converts the sugar the residual sugar that's in the fruit will convert to alcohol. And when that ferment when that conversion is completed, when the, you either stop the ferment. Uh, or you let it roll till there's none left, mm. uh, you switch your cider product. What, what I always say uh, about bilpin cider, not, not all ciders are the same, but certainly ours are were made from only freshly crushed apples. There's no added sugar and they're all gluten-free.
0: So it's a healthier option if you want to have a bit of alcohol.
1: <laughs> it's exactly, that's what we like to, oh. the, one of the platforms that we like to present.
0: Mm, I feel like cider as well, over the last probably 10 years, similar to the the history of Bilpin, has really come along in terms of it's quite a popular drink now when you go out to pubs and bars. Do you feel like that's helped in terms of the success of, of Bilpin over the years as well?
1: Well, it, it's I, I suppose the question is what what uh, has provided the platform for me. Have I provided that for Bilpin, or has as a Bilpin cider provided that? Uh, which one works? Mm. I, I certainly feel that I was very fortunate to find Bilpin as an area that had a heritage of of fruit. Um, I I took that fruit heritage and converted it into a cider brand.
0: Yeah.
1: So. The fact that people will come up to Bilpen because it's a renowned apple growing area will frank the credentials of Bilpin cider as being the quality cider brand in the Bilpen area.
0: What are some of your recommendations out of the Bilpin brand to people who've yet to try your products? Obviously, you might want to say all of them, but if there's a couple that you could handpick out to suggest to people listening, what would they be?
1: Well, there's... there. The, the, the range is broken up into alcoholic and non-alcoholic cider, and I would propose a variety of each. We now have 10 varieties in the range, and uh, that's six alcoholic and four non-alcoholic. We actually have 11, one in a 750 mil bottle uh, as well. So that's 11 varieties. Now... Uh, What I would, uh, my personal preference is on the alcoholic side is our Archibald Cloudy. So we created a brand uh, after the founder of this region. Bilpin was founded by a chap called Archibald Bell in 1823, who as a young explorer, founded uh, an alternate route uh, through the Blue Mountains um, from Richmond Windsor Way. The, that area became known as Bell's line of road now after Archibald Bell. So I thought it would be a great idea to create a brand after him. And Mm -hmm. we've done a particular label style with an image of what we think a young Archibald Bell would have looked like. My favorite products is is Bilpin Archibald Cloudy Apple Cider. So uh, that's that's my go-to cider Mm -hmm. product. On the non-alcoholic side, we've got four varieties. Mm and Non-alcoholic is a very exciting category for us. Uh, But on that side, we've got four varieties, plain apple, uh, apple raspberry, apple lemon, and apple ginger. My personal favorite of those is the apple ginger. It's an absolutely ripper product. Uh, Great apple flavor that's got the zing of the ginger into it and just blends beautifully.
0: Uh, At the moment, again, we're also seeing a bit of a increase in, you know, non-alcoholic beer and things like that. So obviously, you know, having those options and having a variety of those options is really good for people who are maybe looking at cutting back on their drinking intake, or maybe they're just going stone cold sober. So I think that's really great that you've got so many options there.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: So the podcast is all about happiness and positivity I want to know how have you seen the Bilpin brand and company bring those feelings to people in the 10 years that you've been operating?
1: Well, I think uh, from personal experience, it's uh, the uh, images that I see on the farm. We, we're we receiving now about probably 50,000 visitors a year onto the Bilpin Cider farm. And generally it's families. We've got 10 acres of wide open space We've got sheep, alpacas, a cellar door, uh, food offering. People can purchase picnics and find spots around the farm. We've got uh, beautiful grounds with camellias, uh, daffodils in, in um, autumn and winter. And uh, to see uh, any number of families just enjoying the 10 acres that we've got, and we let them roam through the orchard, we we ask them not to pick any fruit and people are generally very good and uh, it's a great uh, for me that's that's very satisfying when you can see people genuinely enjoying the offering that you've got
0: how has bilpin the company um you know what you do there how has it given you uh i guess a sense of purpose and perspective in your own life
1: that's that's a very good question sally uh, I, for me, having moved from, uh, I guess, the eastern suburbs, uh, we're only an hour and a half away, mm. but it's a world apart. Uh, mm. I've just enjoyed, you know, creating a brand, uh, putting an orchard into a farm, and then developing that. That's that's given me uh, great satisfaction.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's obviously been a bit of a hectic time recently here in Australia. Obviously, we had the the bushfires in 2019, and of course, COVID nineteen and its impacts on local businesses. How have you and the company tackled these challenges, and I guess pushed through to try and come out the other side?
1: Yeah, it's been a very interesting time. You know, we talk about the bushfires and COVID. Uh, we we had the drought as well, mm. and in the last two weeks, we've had a flood that has uh, blocked off traffic to us for ten days. And in fact, the Bell's line of road now west of us, about ten k's west, is totally blocked. So people travelling east to west and west to east of the state can't come uh, come through as our general thoroughfare traffic. Mm. These things have all really, really been trying for us. But I- I'm I'm one of the things that has happened is we've looked at different ways of doing business and we've stayed open and we've actually thrived. We have built an online website for sales, which I hadn't done before. Mm. Uh, I should have probably, but that (laughs) focused me on that. Uh, And that's been, been um, very successful. You know, we've got an issue with how do we get product out cheaper, but um, the reality is people now can, Buy it online, and 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 that's been going well for us. And we're a uh, uh, during the whole COVID experience when people couldn't go overseas and couldn't go interstate, they all looked closer to home. And the uh, destination New South Wales were very strong on on promoting this area, so we've capitalised on that. And as I said, now we're receiving probably fifty thousand visitors a year onto the farm probably up from 25,000 a year pre-COVID.
0: That is phenomenal. Do you think Mm. it's in part because as you were saying, you've had to learn how to do things differently. And I've heard that from a lot of people that own small business. Do you feel like those things that you've had to do differently, they're now just part of the fabric of the business?
1: Well, I think they are. We, we've, we've had to do things differently. We've had to capital invest in the business to be able to cope with that. You know, we just spent $100,000 on putting new bathrooms in. Uh, but mm. it made the world a difference. We've spent, uh, you know, an, a lot of money putting in a new kitchen. Uh, so all of these things uh, have been driven by doing things differently and improving the offering. And, and I'm delighted to say that we're not finished yet. You know, we're going to keep on spending uh, on, on the ground here and improving the offering so that our customers have got a genuine, uh, genuinely enjoyable experience when they get here.
0: Mm, that's a nice segue into my next question. So, you know, what is on the horizon for Bilpin Cider? How do you hope to grow the business over the next few years?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um my own personal thought on it is, I suppose there's two areas, is the brand outside of the Bilbin Farm and the Cellador. Uh I think the potential for that is probably in the non-alcoholic area. I'm seeing uh, fantastic growth there and I intend to keep on capitalising and focusing uh, in that.
0: So I always like to get my guests to sum up the topic that we've spoken about. So... Sean, how do you love the shit out of cider?
1: Well, I think it's because uh, I'm fully immersed in it. Uh, I grow the apples. I uh, run the farm and it all wraps around into one great big cider experience for me. So I suppose that would be my answer. To that. Mm.
0: Um, so what other things do you love the shit out of in your life?
1: Oh, I've got two little girls. They're seven and ten, and they'd be probably um, number one. And uh, outside of that, I love my rugby union and the art hit of golf.
0: <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> it's the simple things, isn't it? That's right. So finally, how can people get in touch with Bilpin and Cider and keep up to date with your products and services?
1: Well, they can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we have a very good... Uh, website where we've got an online shop, and online booking for picnics. Uh, we keep people up to date with that and through the social media. So that would be my suggestion for anybody who wants to um, uh, you know, engage with us. Uh, we've got a good online shop, as I said, on, on the website. And uh, one of the great things that people can do on that, and it's quite unique, is come onto the shop and mix and match their own uh, case, just like they can at the cellar door. So they can pick up four uh, non-alcoholic bottles and uh, twenty alcoholic bottles to make up a case, and they can make oh, wow. one non alcoholic each variety, and you know six variety or you know six times three varieties the other one whatever combination they want, and the price will move around uh, depending on the mix between alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So that's, uh, I guess, the personal touch that we put into our creating our uh, online uh, shopping uh, cartons, as opposed to going, oh, I've got to buy a case of a regional or a case Mm. of lush. Don't have to do that. And people love our range, and, and they love being able to mix it up.
0: Mm, It it sounds like it's a very personal experience, which obviously you've touched on um, throughout the episode. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully getting over to Bilpin at some point. Um, You know, I'm not too far away. So uh, thank you very much, Sean, for being on the podcast um, and for sharing the story of Bilpin. And I wish you and the business all the success uh, for the future.
1: thanks very much for inviting me and we certainly look forward to seeing you in bilpin very shortly